Welcome to the Reskill MKE podcast. This podcast is a joint venture with iHeartMedia Milwaukee and our local partners to help make sure our community's workforce and employers have access to resources to create and adapt to be part of the workforce of tomorrow. According to World Economic Forum, 25% of displaced jobs can be reskilled with a positive ROI. And our goal for this podcast is to show you how you can be a part of that 25%. To learn more about available jobs and reskill opportunities, visit reskillmke.net. Hello, it's Jason Fields and today's guest, Laura Schmidt of the Milwaukee Tech Coalition. Laura Schmidt serves as the Chief Talent Development Officer for the Milwaukee Tech Coalition, where she is responsible for their talent pipeline strategies in K-20 as well as upskilling to support the coalition's goal to double the tech talent in the greater Milwaukee region. Previously, she served as the Director of Corporate Engagement at MSOE, the Strategic Advisor to the Superintendent for the School District of New Berlin, and as Manager in Field Technology Systems at Northwestern Mutual. She holds an MBA from Marquette University and a BBA in the Management of Computer Systems from UW-Whitewater. Welcome, Laura. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, I, you and I talk, and I did not know all of that about you. I, I feel as <laughs> if I've learned a great deal more about you, and not not as if my, my, my respect level and admiration for all the things you do uh, was not high, but wow, you are, you are accomplished. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for, for doing what you do, and, you know, this is, I think, personal because I've gotten a chance to work with you and talk about where we want to go uh, with the MKE Tech Coalition and some of the things that you and I have personally talked about. But uh, as we, we talk about this, here's a, the question that I want to I want our audience to understand. Why is the coalition so committed to reskilling in the greater Milwaukee region? I think we see it predominantly just to make sure that every student that's coming through our talent pipeline has the same access and understanding of opportunities. I think there's a lot of schools that might not be able to spend the time or, or guide students towards occupations that they may not have had any kind of experience with. And so they really can't imagine themselves in roles that they really aren't haven't been exposed to. So reaching into the talent pipeline, into K-20, and allowing them to see why what they're learning is important how that relates to more technical careers, especially those in digital technologies, why that's important to have diversity of thought, diversity of experience in the development of technological solutions. Like they, they are important to the future of our business community in the greater Milwaukee region and then providing them with those supports to be able to pursue and persist and complete those degrees is critical. And um, the percentages of students um, that are able to go into STEM degrees and then also persist through to graduation into the workforce is is just not where it needs to be in order for our businesses to be able to really succeed in in this digital economy. You and I have talked about this, and I want you I want you to weigh in on this. Uh, and we've talked about tech and education, and as we look at Wisconsin. You know, one of the one of the issues when we say Wisconsin is in the business of and usually you hear agriculture manufacturing, but we don't hear tech. How pertinent is it that we begin to really go down this path? And do you think we're making a difference there? I think that in the last year, there's been a lot of conversations around that. I'm sure there's been conversations well before, you know, we started to take this on as a very purposeful cause. 
But I, I think in the past, the feeling was that tech was so embedded in all of our industries that it wasn't its own industry. I think that we're getting others to start seeing the reason why tech needs to be its own industry. Because unless it is, there's not an attention around talent development or the impact of upskilling and reskilling as a tech on our regional and state economy. And so that's, it's critical. Um, I do believe that our CEO, Kathy Heinrich, has done a, an amazing job at trying to make that um, more and more understood. I, I really do hope that you'll see more and more attention on tech workforce issues in the coming months and years, especially with, with the support of our board and the support of all of our, our business community. Yeah, it, it is. A, and one, the board is good. Uh, I mean, uh, great people. Uh, I, I shout out to Kathy, who has done a, a fantastic job and uh, recently was in the Milwaukee Business Journal, I believe, for recognition. Mm-hmm. And so kudos to her and kudos to you for the great work that you're doing. Who's the target audience for the reskilling efforts here? We actually have um, identified four primary personas, the team that was working on it. And one is students. Um, and the reason why students were considered a, a, a persona is because, one, we know that there's a lot of adult learners that are looking to go back to school to um, get additional skills that will allow them to, you know, really create a path for upward mobility. And we want them to understand the importance of technical skills in a digital economy. So that was that was one. Uh, we also know that there's a lot of students that leave the K-12 system and they go on to higher ed without any understanding of really the projected workforce or the impact that technology is having on the jobs that they're that they're preparing for. So an accountant will do better if they have um, some form of minor or even any kind of related coursework in the way in which accounting is being transformed through technology. Uh, you know, same thing. You know, my daughter's a physical therapy st- um, major, and she had to choose her minor, and and she chose analytics because if she wants to run a clinic someday, she would need that kind of background. I think that that those are the kind of conversations we need to be having with students who might not see why tech is important. They may say. I don't want to be a computer scientist, so I just won't. I won't take any technical courses. That's not. That's not the right way for us to frame this conversation. So students are are one of the key personas. Another key persona are those that are coming from backgrounds where um, they're re-entering the workforce and they may not know how to get started. Um, and this might be somebody that's transitioning from incarceration or those that are re-entering the workforce because, let's say, that they raised their family, they had to leave the workforce and come back. Um, and so that's another persona that we really want to make sure understands all of the different opportunities that are available. We also have those that um, that are employers, and we really want to make sure that employers understand the projected workforce um, shortfall that we have in terms of supply and demand, and then the importance of sort of rethinking the way in which we reach, you know, source talent, especially those from non-traditional sources. So I think that's a really critical. Um, portion of uh, the persona as well. So these are all different personas that we've tried to target. And what we've done is we've tried to source um, stories from the community to tell that story, people that have um, pursued reskilling and why they did it and how they went about it. And then for the employer side, why they started looking at additional sources and some of the results that they're having. So we really hope everybody checks that out. You mentioned those those four areas, and I, I think that covers a gambit of individuals. You and I both know individuals. We have a good friend in education. Wisconsin has an election coming up. But I, I just was curious about this. Your take on 
should we be looking at doing more tech education in, in our grade schools and high schools? Well, absolutely. I think it's just, I think the hard part in coming, you know, from the experience that I had at the K-12 level, there's so many competing priorities. And I think that when we choose to make it an unfunded mandate or we, we, we provide, you know, standards, but no no resources necessarily or funding to implement on those standards, that becomes a problem. Um, it's just, it's, it's almost, you know, it's great work to start with standards, but I think at the end of the day, how do we make that actionable? And then how do we, how do we make it easier for districts to prioritize certain things over others um, when they're, they're really pulled in so many different directions? Um, and they're always just trying to do the right thing for students. But, um, you know, administrators have a really difficult job. Uh, teachers have a really difficult job. So we need to make that easier. So I think that when you look at some of the, the positions of our of our candidates, um, you know, I, the one thing I'd say is that all of our candidates appear to have a very strong um, priority for making sure that there is, you know, computer science in schools and related disciplines. I think we do ourselves a disservice when we only talk about computer science because we have data skills and um, math skills that lead to data scientists who also support technology. So we have a, a, a lot of different things we could be teaching. Students are not aware of the breadth of opportunities they could be pursuing. And that's great. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times people need to hear that. And coming from the, the background as a former legislature, a legislator, I think it's easy for us to say, well, we need more tech in schools. And you've dealt with this before. You, you know, people make laws and legislation and we just sign a sign a bill or law on a piece of paper. But then there are people who have to deal with those consequences. Right. Saying we should have more tech in school is, is easy to say. But as you just so eloquently put it, there's a lot to go into that. Uh, I want to talk about the you know, you, you mentioned the reentry and particularly in a pandemic where we have individuals older reentering the workforce. How do you deal with that, that hesitancy? I mean, how does MKE Tech Coalition get our programs out to individuals that, you know, they may be afraid or they may not know where to go in order to begin to get those skills? Well, one of the things the coalition did, and again, we've, we really, we're really new, um, so we, we did a lot of work last year to start pulling together reskilling providers that met certain criteria that shared, um, you know, our, we had shared objectives, shared metrics. And then we provided a reskilling opportunities page to try to help people take a look at all the different options, um, what some of the prerequisites, if there are any, how to get a hold of someone that can talk through those issues. I know there's uh, our workforce development boards do a beautiful job with their case management workers to guide people to, to opportunities. But one of the things we really focused on last year was, was trying to figure out what the barriers to tech apprenticeships are. The average age of a tech apprentice um, is about 32. And um, these are adult, adults that have had great experiences in the past. We even have tech apprentices that are as old as 62. Um, and the tech apprenticeship program does not require that you had a career or prior formalized training in tech. And so uh, that program was something that was really um, important in terms of diversifying our, our, our talent strategy. So I would definitely say that those that, especially employers that are interested in giving people a shot at trying to prove themselves, um, consider tech apprenticeships as one of their workforce strategies. We did um, launch a new program just recently in the greater Milwaukee region called Apprentice of Greater Milwaukee. That That is in addition to all of the 
other amazing registered apprenticeship sponsors we have across the state. But that that one we launched um, to provide an additional level of service for our employers that really wanted to start embracing tech apprenticeships as as one of their strategies. And as we're talking about this, where can people go for uh, if they're interested in reskilling information? Well, they could go to reskillmilwaukee.net as a landing page to all of the information provided by the sponsors of that campaign. So that would be the first place to go. If they want, um, they'll be guided to other resources like ours, which is on www.milwaukeetech.org. Um, and then under resources, there's a, a place to go for reskilling opportunities. That has a really great list with um, a, lot of, a lot of additional contacts for people. What would you like to see? I mean, from your lens, from Kathy's lens, you know, as we look at tech in the region, what's your wish list? Give me three things that you would, if, after, after it's all said and done, you'd go home and go, you know what, we did it. I would love to see a tech workforce that's reflective of the greater Milwaukee community. Mm. And I, I think that that's something that we, we have to be really intentional about. Um, it's not going to happen on its own. It's going to take a lot of people committed to the same end goal and metrics around our programs that allow us to achieve that that outcome. I, I also feel um, as though we need to see employers uh, that are interested in early talent programming. We really do fully understand that the primary need is in mid-level talent. Our data shows that there is just simply not enough bodies. There's not enough people at a mid-level talent, not even if we if we bring them in from other regions. We have to make a commitment to develop um, from our existing talent sources in the greater Milwaukee region in order to meet any of our goals, and especially those that, um, you know, that our employers are saying that they need. So I would really, that's my dream, is that we we marry up the demand and the supply by by working with our employers that really are committed to that that cause and that we we work with those people that really want to get into tech and find the right fit at the right time so that they have the opportunities that others have. Do you think that's a, a result of just a lack of will or a lack of not having a strategy? You know, I think it's partially because we haven't been focused on tech as an industry, to be totally honest. And so the data is that the the data is so disparate and inconsistent. And so, um, one of the things that I know Kathy and I worked really, really hard on last year was starting to pull together a story around the data. I think no matter what data source you go to, you can tell a different story. And um, and that's predominantly because we haven't tried to tell a story around tech. We haven't been really thoughtful about the way we look at our tech workforce and whether or not it, it is reflective and whether or not we want to um, create some very targeted and purposeful strategies around, um, you know, women in tech and, and those that are underrepresented in tech. Um, so I think, like, the efforts of Nadia Johnson specifically to, mm-hmm. you know, our, our black and brown community has been extremely powerful in the Milwaukee region. I think she's doing an amazing job. Um, I think that, you know, the work of the MMAC, Hispanic Collaborative, and HBGM, they're doing a beautiful job. But we have to be able to to come together and think about what these shared metrics look like and then what all of the different things are that are going on to make um, that pipeline strategy much stronger and much more cohesive around tech specifically. You know, and I do want to commend you because I know that you uh, stay in contact with and as a as a person who's very instrumental uh, with the Wisconsin Technology Council, MKE Tech Coalition, with the black and brown, Hispanic, Latino 
uh, fund managers and other individuals in tech with you stay close to a lot of these individuals. And so, you know, kudos for recognizing that, you know, there's space at the table for everyone and that this really does need to be a regional sort of or a local strategy uh, if we want to push this further. I want to make sure that when people hear the MKE Tech Coalition, the value that employers or individuals who want to get involved, why should they get involved? I think what we're looking for are employers that really share a commitment to doubling the tech talent in the greater Milwaukee region so that we can realize economic benefits both for the region and the state as a whole. Uh, but they they also need to be um, cognizant that some of the things that we've done in the past along those same lines um, might not have provided the results that, that we need or the capacity building supports that we need. And so we need to think much more strategically about new strategies that will get us to where we want to go. All of our organizations have talked a great deal about the importance of innovation, and we know that innovation happens when you have diversity of, of thought, diversity of background, um, diversity of solutions to problems that don't that even haven't been identified yet. And so I think that that collective voice will make a difference in the greater Milwaukee region now that we're really starting to coalesce around a shared voice and shared objectives and shared metrics. Uh, we, we covered from the, the lens of what can employers do, but what can nonprofit organizations throughout the, the, the region, throughout in Milwaukee, what can they do uh, in collaboration with MKE Tech Coalition and how can they get involved? Well, they're already doing amazing work in and of, of what they do. I think we talk quite a bit with with many of those nonprofits that are are, are really committed to this work. Um, you know, the Greater Milwaukee Committee does a beautiful job. Uh, I mentioned a few others earlier in the the conversation. Um, I think that they they really we need to be looking across our nonprofits for how we work together without being duplicative and how we make sure that we're lifting each other up and amplifying the work that we're doing. So that's um, really important to me. I know we we formed a, for example, a K-12 uh, computing alliance last year, and, and really it was just a collection of nonprofits that are doing unbelievable work and just having conversations around what some of them are doing at the elementary space or the middle school space or the high school space and what things um, tie those efforts together, getting them involved in workshops that help them to grow in their understanding of what they're doing and how they're designing their programs for the benefit of students across the greater Milwaukee region. That's really powerful, but it doesn't happen if we don't convene. And I think that COVID has really affected a lot of groups and their ability to see each other at events and, and have informal conversations. So we're trying to get much more intentional about making sure we have opportunities to talk, share information, and um, collectively move our respective objectives forward. You know, I think what this pandemic has taught us is that we, we can't continue to do things the way we used to do them now. And technology is playing uh, even a greater role. And there's often, a t- there's often discussion of people who are left out. Um, what, what do you think would be the What's at stake if we don't get this right? Yeah, I think the thing that really makes a lot of us really nervous is that we have a lot of students that are, are experiencing a significant setback um, by by having a different learning model this year. Um, you know, we just had the Greater Milwaukee Air of Code initiative that, that happened last December. I, I was so excited to see so many organizations involved in that. That was 
that was really inspiring. We had 99 different organizations that collectively taught um, over 9,500 hours of mentoring to students in the in the greater Milwaukee region. I mean, that's pretty powerful when you think about the collective impact of that work. The time urgency is that by saying that, um, you know, technical skills aren't important because we're teaching, let's say we have to focus on reading or math. A lot of times, the especially in computer science or the implementation of computer science standards, they directly can show a correlation to the improvement of many of of other skills that we're also trying to develop because the students enjoy learning about them more if they can see sort of how how these different standards connect. So the importance or the time sensitivity is huge because these students that are in the pipeline right now, we, we only have them for so much time. And if if we're not reaching them with the right information and the exposure and, and the opportunity, how will they know what to pursue? How will they know what to prepare? How will they know that their community cares about them enough to support them through the process of persisting and getting their degree and or persisting and finding a work-based um, learning solution that would allow them to, to really, you know, have access to tech careers with or without a college degree? That information needs to get to students as soon as possible so that they are informed and they can make, you know, really wise choices about their post-secondary education or training to benefit them in the long term. And then in the other, the other piece of it is, let's say that they, they don't use that information right now. We're, we may not be able to reach them five years from now, but if, they, if we reach them now, they'll remember, hopefully, and they'll think about how do, how do I go and seek out a tech apprenticeship? If I wasn't able to do it initially, how would I do that now that I'm, you know, 22 or 25 or 30, um, and I want to go do something different to support my family or or do other things? So I think I think those are all the reasons why I feel like an extreme amount of urgency. Um, and we would love to see progress, you know, within short order. So the more people that want to get involved, the better. You know, let me let me ask you this because I know it it is not always a heavy lift, but. How have you been received? I mean, how's that going? And then, you know, what would you like to continue to see? I mean, what works? Uh, the some of your success stories. You know, my, my, I, you know, I've only been with the coalition since April. The thing that I've been most pleased by is the amount of collaboration um, from our member companies who just really are in it because they believe in in the goal and they know that that they want to be part of a solution. Um, so, you know, those that are participating at the committee level and even outside of committee are just amazing to work with. I mean, the, just the, the, the level of commitment to this objective for the, for a variety of different reasons, um, is just significant. And that's been really, um, exciting to see. So I've been just really pleased. I'm really pleased that, that we have members that are really engaged and and committed to the work that we're doing. And, you know, a couple of more questions before we close the, the reskilling, you know, the initiative and, you know, how important that is. Do you, you know, cause sometimes I run into where we, we tend to, I guess, focus or we tend to operate in these silos. Right. And I know you've been doing a great job of reaching out. How important is it that we send a message that while this is the MKE tech coalition, this benefits the state. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's also really great work happening up in the Northeast. I think that those of us that are doing this work regionally do connect as well. Um, and so I think that that's really powerful because we're able to share information. Uh, for example, you know, we have a lot of assets in the greater Milwaukee region that we're leveraging. 
One of the things that um, we identified that we didn't have was uh, a strategic planning framework for schools that really wanted to implement CS in an inclusive way. And so we wouldn't maybe have known about that if we weren't collaborating with other states and other regions. I'm part of a, a group that is putting on a workshop around AI education for 10 states next week. It's exciting to be part of that, and you can start seeing what other states and other regions are doing, and then being able to bring those lessons back to our state is powerful, because otherwise they may not have known. So we're going to continue to to talk about what we're learning from other regions and other states and other parts of the country with the hopes of, um, you know, helping those that want to advance that work here in Wisconsin. That's, I think, the power of collaborating and convening and being involved at many different levels in many different ways. And the the indirect, I guess, sort of growth that comes from, you know, when you have a place that's in a a coalition working on these kinds of things, you know, that it attracts uh, more individuals to to the region. I think I just saw that U-Haul did a report and Milwaukee was ranked very high as far as far as net migrations, meaning people are coming into Milwaukee, which is, you know, Kudos to all all the individuals like you and Kathy and everybody who makes makes that possible. How 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 powerful is that that we get this tech scene right to attract individuals to our city? Yeah, it's really important, and I think it, what's really interesting is even right down to we talk about tech attraction. You're not going to tech tech workers to a region that doesn't have computer science in their schools. Mm. I'm just going to, I could just say that. <laughs> so like, I, I'm really happy that we have a lot of schools, including MPS, that are really focused on trying to make sure that there's access to um, computer science and technical disciplines. Because if you're a tech worker and, and you're involved in tech and you've seen the value of that, you're not going to relocate, have a family, and then not have that access to that education for your for your own students. So I think that's part of attraction. Uh, the one other thing I'd say about this work is we are a really small nonprofit. Uh, we have a very small team. Uh, the thing that is really powerful, I think, about the greater Milwaukee region is the ability to work together. That it's messy work, though. Um, and for those that are really want everything like in clean boxes, which is again, my background's in, in, you know, computer systems. I like things in clean boxes. This work is not like that. It is, it is messy. And because, because everybody is doing such great work and we're all just trying to lift each other up and in, increase the ability for everyone to be successful towards this shared goal. So I think that that's always sometimes sort of, um, you know, an interesting piece. Our our little team isn't going to be able to make, you know, the impact on their own. It only comes through the energy and um, commitment of our members and the nonprofits we work with and the K-12s and the higher education institutions that are really part of advancing all this work. And I can only say that we've got a lot going on and it is really powerful. I'm really excited about the next few years. You all are small, but a very powerful, large footprint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, I, and I can say that because as a legislator, uh, I've heard I heard of you all, but I wasn't introduced until I, we did something. And I think it was Tom Steele and a, a number of people said you have to have MKE Tech Coalition to the table at this. And that's where me and Kathy uh, went into more of a discussion. And, you know, I love the work that you all are doing. Before we go, where can people go again? Because I want to make sure that if individuals want to get involved, whether it be from a, an employer who can see the value that we bring, uh, students 
who can sign up for some of the programs that are being offered and some of the nonprofits who can join the movement, where can they go to find more information and sign up and help? Definitely. I would have them first start with org. I think there's a lot of information out there on how to get engaged and reach out directly to Kathy or myself to find out more information. And then I would also suggest that they check out the reskillmilwaukee.net platform. I think that's another place where they can connect to some of the other sponsors that are doing really great work in this space, uh, American Family and and um, UWM and MATC and Push Blackwell and, and others. So I, I really hope that people will continue to check out that platform and find out a little bit more about some of the other sponsors as well. All right. And two final questions. 2020, what was the, the awesome thing that you, that you accomplished at MKE Tech Coalition and where are we going in 2021? I think the establishment of the governance structure and the committee structure for the Milwaukee Tech Coalition was a huge accomplishment because that has proven to be an unbelievable resource for thought leadership and focus and prioritization. The other thing that we did in 2020 was a lot of very intentional um, convenings of partners, nonprofits, K-12, and now into the next year, higher education, to make sure that we are working together towards those shared outcomes. That was a, a key focus area for us in 2020. In 2021, it's really um, providing a way to operationalize that and lift each other up and make sure that we are really working as one team going into 2021 so that we can see these numbers rise, you know, in accordance with what our object, our shared objectives are. So that's a really purposeful part about finding things we can do together that we can't do separately. That'll be our main focus. Um, so that's what I'm excited about. Hey, Laura Schmidt, my, my dear friend and the Chief Talent Development Officer for the Milwaukee Tech Coalition, thank you for joining us and continue to do the hard, great work that you're doing. Uh, of course, you know, I'm rooting for you. And whenever you need me, I'm there. So thank you a lot for being on this great podcast. Thanks for having me.